Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Thanksgiving. Let's just spend a few moments here at the outset giving thanks. You can text me at 877-933-2484. Chronicle uh, that for which you are thankful and um, maybe give a shout out to the God to whom we give thanks. I don't want to get, I don't want God to get lost in the midst of all of our Thanksgiving. So when we are articulating the, the things, the people the realities for which we are thankful, let's be sure that we are directing that thanksgiving in the appropriate direction to the one from whom all blessings flow. So that is actually the distinctive, uh, distinctively Christian part of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving initially in this country was a day set apart uh, unto God. A day, I mean, that, that's what makes it a holiday, a holy day, is a day set apart. So how is it that you are going to set apart Thanksgiving as a day of Thanksgiving to God, uh, a day interceding with God? Like, most of us are going to have to put that on the schedule somewhere um, in the midst of pie-making and um, table-setting and Zoom calls and whatever else. Like, we are going to have to be intentional about setting apart a time of thanksgiving in a day and season of thanksgiving that's actually unto God, uh, because we're going to be distracted by many things. Let me just go ahead and tell you, family, friends, uh, headline news, disagreements, uh, turkey. Turkey's a distraction, a bit of a distraction. takes longer to, 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 to make a turkey than to make other things. And most of us don't make a whole turkey any other time during the year. And so there's a lot of pressure for the cooks out there. So let me just say, I'm I'm with you and I am for you. All right. Hey, um, Bryce is actually uh, in the studio today covering the board. Um, he is a, a net op in training at the University of Northwestern St. Paul as a part of Northwestern Media, so here at Faith Radio. And so um, Paul is looking over Bryce's shoulder today. Bryce has been looking over Paul's shoulder. So, Bryce, let's see if you know how to push the button and give a shout-out to your parents. Hey, shout-out to my parents. Hi, Mom. Right? <laughs> see, she's going to love that. Now, that's audio that you can clip later, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, send her. exciting. All right. All right. Hey, Bryce, thanks so much um, for yeah. helping us out. We really appreciate it. And thank you. All right, here are um, a few signs of the season. The White House Christmas tree arrived yesterday with a traditional horse-drawn carriage, but much less fanfare than normal. Corn and cob are the two turkeys who were pardoned by the president yesterday and who are now off to a life of leisure and celebrity in retirement at the University of Iowa. I'm telling you, those turkeys have a good life. Uh, Pies are being baked, seven of them at my house today. Uh, much to the chagrin of healthcare and public health officials, millions of Americans are actually traveling to spend Thanksgiving with friends and family 
If you follow me on Facebook, do so at Reconnect with Carmen. I will be making my mom's signature sausage dressing on a Facebook Live tomorrow morning at some point. Um, And so I am going to ask each of my guests today, what is the side dish that makes Thanksgiving Thanksgiving for you? All right, that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. All right, welcoming back our friend, Pastor Daryl Crouch, pastor of the Green Hill Church, blogs at crosstide.org. Daryl, welcome back. Hey, Carmen, great to be with you. All right, so I'm going to lead off um, every every conversation today with the same question. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? I'm assuming that turkey is the main dish, so what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Yeah, my mom makes a, um, a hash brown casserole kind of thing with cheese and a lot of other buttery, fatty kinds of things, I'm sure. So <laughs> puts little crunchy things on top. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Affectionately known uh, to most of our listeners as mom's hot dish. So there you go. Yeah. Mom, yeah, mom's really hot good. dish is going to actually lead the list um, for most people. It, it yeah. In some people's um, scenario, you know, the mom's hot dish is like mine, which is more like a stuffing variety. In other people's, it is uh, potato-based, and so yours would be the hash brown casserole version. In the South, we call it a casserole. Up North, they call it a hot dish. And so there you go, mom's hot dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Actually, if mom's hot dish had been on the list, everybody in America would have voted for it. Everyone. Yeah, you yeah. have to do that. Yeah, Because I mean, it's whatever your mom made. That's what makes it like Thanksgiving for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about belief in God and the question of whether or not belief in God is a delusion. I, I lifted this up because it actually made the AP, um, which I thought was an unusual place to find an article um, about uh, about the delusion of God. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Am I making this up? Well, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not sure. Right. I think I think I've... Uh, picked up a little what? bit of that in the last few days, but uh, help me out a little. Well, that's okay. You know what? We can move on to a different subject because it looks like I sent you the wrong link. As I clicked on the link to my Is Belief in God a Delusion, um, I realized that I deluded you and I sent you the wrong link to the article. So let's talk about something else. <laughs> so It's okay. It's, it's okay. almost I'm so sorry. a holiday. No, it, I know. We're, all, we're kind of off. It, yeah. It's almost a holiday. What would you like to talk about today, Daryl? If you could talk about anything today, what would it be? You and I are that's sitting down awesome. to have coffee this morning. What would it be? Well, that's awesome. Well, it is Thanksgiving or tomorrow's Thanksgiving, right? So I, I do think uh, that's a great topic because uh, sometimes in a year like this, it's really hard to come to these days. And I think we've just got to be honest about that. Um, that Thanksgiving is a spiritual discipline. And uh, th- it does come with some w- uh, warm feel-goods for a lot of us. Uh, but I was with some people uh, in the last few days that their their Thanksgiving's going to uh, be uh, uh, pretty much like every other day, and um, and so I think uh, whether we have turkey and and um, uh, you know mom's hot dish in the oven or not, uh, that uh, we have to decide to be thankful, and uh, mm-hmm. that uh, in in moments like this where life kind of uh, forces us into this. You know the the calendar in this case in in the United States forces us into this into this word that we don't use as often as we should. This word called Thanksgiving. Uh, I think it's a spiritual discipline, and uh, to to read the Bible when when Paul says to to be to give thanks in all things, 
uh, wow, that's a, you know, you, you don't do that naturally. We, that doesn't come from something that is, that is just natural to us. That is a, a spirit born, Holy spirit born discipline in us that we have to say, you know, Lord, I trust you. I, I don't, this doesn't feel good. Uh, this virus that has affected my family or has affected my lifestyle or has affected my livelihood, uh, or this cancer diagnosis. We, uh, were talking about cancer a lot more in my circles before COVID came. We were talking about opioid addiction, uh, in my community before uh, COVID, uh, came into the picture. So people are still struggling under the weight of those things and those, uh, those circumstances. Can you imagine, and I think I've said this before on this show, but leading the public schools today and trying mm-hmm. to navigate what it means to, to, um, um, you know, to help kids get the education they need in, in this environment. So my point is, uh, Thanksgiving is a spiritual discipline, and we have to ask ourselves, you know, uh, Lord, what what are you doing in me through this, and how can I respond in a way that would give you glory? How can I respond in a way that on the other side of it, I don't look back saying, you know, I really should have trusted you. I really should have believed you because I know you're faithful. Uh, but instead, I was anxious. I was filled with anger or bitterness. Um, I was distraught. And the, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And um, so we, we can trust him today. A couple of um, of scripture themes maybe to lift up for people in a year when, you know, we didn't get everything that we wanted. And we're probably not going to get everything that we that we want in the next days or weeks. Um, the encouragement to count spiritual blessings, um, to acknowledge all the things that come with Christ, Um, you know, the surpassing greatness of the gift of simply knowing God in Christ Jesus um, is enough to fill my thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. I've been sealed in Christ. I've been sealed until the day of redemption. He holds me and you in the palm of his hand. He, he He has us. And there are peaks and valleys, and there are there are difficulties. That's part of you know having feet of clay. But He is with us. He is near to us, and He has secured us for eternity. And uh, which began the day we trusted Him as Savior and Lord. And so I, I think, uh, yeah, that that sense of uh, rest in Him, uh, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And I, I think He, knowing Him as our shepherd during these days. It's just been critically important. Uh, and the notes I write and the text I send, I often will sign off with, with the Lord is our shepherd uh, mm. during these days. And so I just think um, knowing that he is near, but he is also um, in no way, his love in no way diminishes his power to hold us. Sometimes I, I love people uh, imperfectly, and I really can't get to them in time to help them in their time of need, although my love for them is true. The Lord is never limited in that way. His love is not only true, but his per- His power is perfect. And um, he is near to the brokenhearted, and he has secured us until the day of redemption. Mm. Uh, listener Lori says, um, good morning. I am grateful for God. I'm grateful he loves me and calls me his own. I was adopted, and he enabled me to reunite with my biological mom's family. I'm grateful for my new brothers and their families this year. Um, Lori, um, wow, that's a wonderful adoption testimony. And um, we are each 
each one adopted into the family of faith in Christ Jesus. Um, And that is something for which we can each and every one give thanks this day and this year in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Pastor Daryl Crouch and I will return to our conversation in just a moment. I'm going to ask him, should we call down fire on our political rivals? You know, that might get into the um, Thanksgiving Day conversations some of your family members might want to have. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I'm enjoying a cup of coffee and a conversation with my friend, neighbor, colleague, oh, and um, very forgiving person, Daryl Crouch. He is the pastor <laughs> of the Green Hill Church. He also blogs at crosstide.org. You can follow him on Twitter at Daryl Crouch. And if you want to uh, read the article that I intended to send him, Is Belief in God a Delusion? If you follow him on Twitter, then you can see it because I just sent it to him there. There you go. Um, Perfect. How about a different topic? And... Um, This is a conversation that is likely to come up tomorrow, Um, even if your family is meeting via Zoom or some other uh, some other technology and you're not meeting in person. There is a high likelihood that there will be a diversity of viewpoint uh, in terms of where we are in the political climate of the country. And uh, and so I read this piece by Michael Brown. Should we call down fire on our political rivals, and I thought that was a good question to pose. It obviously makes a, um, you know, gives a nod to uh, to a passage of scripture where that uh, that's what the disciples want to do: call down fire on their rivals. And Jesus is like, no, that's not who we are. That's not what we're going to do. That's not how we're going to roll. Um, can you talk a little bit about the inclination that we have to call down fire uh, upon our political rivals, and then as Christians, maybe how we how we ought better behave. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. It is that that will be an interesting uh, Thanksgiving uh, dinner conversation on it uh, for a lot of our family members and extended family members around the table. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the disciples had an honest question. I think they their motives, and I, I don't know their heart, and I obviously don't know their motives. But their motives seem to be something that we all would identify with. We believe in the truth. We believe in righteousness. We love Jesus, want to protect his name and uh, glorify his name. And uh, Elijah is a hero of ours. And so Elijah did it. So let's let's do what Elijah did. And so I think we we have to say, you know, there is something in us that is good, that wants to uh, uphold justice and uh, promote righteousness. And we should. And Jesus never discourages that. Matter of fact, he encourages that. But the what Elijah did was... It was descriptive, and it was important for a moment, and it was a picture of what God will do in judgment uh, on in one day uh, on the on the wicked and the evil. But uh, our role is not that of Elijah, and certainly not to bring down fire on people. Jesus was really clear with his disciples in that moment, and the gospels are clear, and the New Testament's clear. Even the Old Testament prophet Micah said, "Hey, here's here's what." What does the Lord require? The Lord requires that we act justly, uh, love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with our God. And so uh, this isn't an Old Testament or New Testament thing. This really is a, a gospel thing that we say we are gospel people. We are Jesus people. And Jesus said, I want you to love your enemies. I, I want you to pray for your enemies. I, I want you to, to, to consider the fact that your, your enemies could be one day your friends. 
your, your, your enemies could one day be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that if we believe in the dignity of every human being, if we believe that every person is born in the image of God, then our responsibility is really clear to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we engaging in such a way? Are we loving in such a way? Are we praying in such a way that would uh, uh, that the Lord could use uh, to bring about real transformation in their hearts and their lives? And so the political landscape has highlighted, I think, ex- and in an exaggerated kind of way, honestly, um, a bit over overdone, but has exaggerated this um, this temperament within us to destroy our enemies and um, to uh, a- absolutely put down those who would disagree with us. And uh, some of that obviously comes from the emotional turmoil of, of, a, of a very difficult year, a very difficult social climate, a very difficult health climate, a very difficult political climate. And so we're all a bit on edge. And so I, I think... Um, I think the gospel would say, let's let's step back a little bit and let's uh, consider uh, a long game and that we are kingdom people, we are Jesus people, and our response to those who persecute us uh, looks a lot different than that. And Jesus demonstrated that, even from the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His disposition toward his enemies was not to bring down fire on them, but to redeem them and to rescue them. So uh, I heard it framed this way by um, by one person. Our prayer uh, must be for transformation, not annihilation. And I think, um, Daryl, that gets at the heart of it for me. Um, I remember the moment in time when I sort of had this aha. Um, this goes back a number of years, but where, you know, where I had this aha moment where I'm like, okay, these people with whom I deeply disagree and who I see as very confused about uh, Scripture and, uh, and God and even godliness, um, they are captive to some very bad ideas. And once I saw them in that way, not as my enemies, but as ones, as people held captive by the bad ideas of the enemy— um, my heart utterly changed toward them. Like they're, um, this this heart of um, of mercy and even pity. Now they would not appreciate knowing that, right? I mean, people don't appreciate being pitied by people who they think are wrong. But the the heart of the Christian can be a heart of compassion toward people who don't even know they need it and don't recognize their own need, don't recognize their own captivity to bad ideas, or that they are serving as agents of. Um, of those really bad ideas, is that is that a fair way of um, of operating as a Christian in this particular environment? Oh, it's a wonderful way to operate. I think it's a gospel way to operate. Uh, but for the grace of God, so are you and me. Mm-hmm. We are, as we think about the the big issues of our day that are important to us, religious freedom and the sanctity of life, and all of these very important things. These are th- these are ideologies. This is a worldview issue. We sometimes put a political we put it in the political category, which it does have political implications, and there are political measures to help um, uh, advocate for justice in those areas. No doubt about that, and it's really important that we do. But uh, but do we believe the gospel? Do we believe that the Holy Spirit of God really transforms hearts? 
and moves people who had scales on their eyes uh, to to remove those scales and to see Jesus for who he is and what he has done in the, on their behalf. Do we really believe that he still saves people, that he still moves people from death to life, that he still changes our mind, that he still, um, even believers, um, we are in a, we are in this process of sanctification and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in us. And so as we think about our attitudes toward other people, we might want to think about our, our own, per, our heart and, um, what he is doing in us. And, um, while some of us, uh, uh depending on where you are in the political, in the political world, some of us lost the election, some of us won the election. Um, but, uh, are we, are we paying attention to what the spirit of God is doing in our hearts to make us look more like Jesus, uh, regardless of how the, the results of, of an election turned out or the implications of the election, uh, in the days ahead, uh, are we paying attention to the sanctifying work of God and what he would want us to become as uh, we look more like Jesus and love others more like Jesus has loved us. And so uh, I think also there's a, there's a, a need for profound humility uh, on the part of, of Christians that, that we understand that, um, you know, we, we, we believe we're right and we're convictional Christians, but there are, there are some things we may find out when we get to heaven that we, we weren't as, as right about as we thought. And so I, I think, to um, maybe our priorities or the emphasis, uh, the weight we placed on certain things, um, uh, the 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 turmoil in our hearts that we experienced over certain experience, you know, over certain uh, world events, uh, may, maybe we were out of balance in some places. And so I think some uh, profound humility uh, mm-hmm. and asking ourselves is this is this attitude in me the result of the Spirit of God working in me? Is this the kind of fruit that God produces in a believer? And um, I think that's a, a really good question for all of us. That's a really good question. Daryl, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. May your uh, mom's hot dish be <clears throat> delicious tomorrow as the turkey side. Uh, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to all of y'all. Thanks. Blessing, my brother. We'll be right back. Thanks. All right, former Vice President Biden, now uh, President-elect Biden, is appointing former members of the Obama administration. He says he intends to keep his formal rivals, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, on the sidelines in the Senate, not in the cabinet. Um, Biden sees all of this as a return to what he describes as normalcy and experienced government leadership. Uh, Those uh, across the ideological spectrum see this as either a repopulation of the swamp Um, or a total sellout, which is the way progressives are describing this. So um, that's a good conversation for us to have. There is also um, an interesting storyline related to Senator Dianne Feinstein of California. She has signaled that she will not be taking a leadership role in the incoming Congress, vacating her seat as the senior member of the Judiciary Committee following uh, progressive backlash over the way that she treated her colleague, Senator Lindsey Graham at the conclusion of the Justice Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearings before uh, before her committee. So Senator Feinstein uh, complimented Senator Lindsey Graham and then they embraced. And for that, she is being pushed out of leadership and probably out of the Senate altogether. Feinstein has been in the Senate 
Uh, since 1992, she served as the mayor of San Francisco from 78 to 88. But it seems that her progressive bona fides are no longer progressive enough. Uh, this is just one sign. You just really can't keep up with the ever-advancing demands of the fringe. Up next, Hunter Baker on a range of political headlines. We'll be right back. When kids are young, parents spend a chunk of time correcting behaviors. You know, don't touch the stove or share your toys. But as that kid grows up, the communication style needs to grow up as well. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. If your kids are now 13, 14, or even older, and you're still correcting them like you used to, something has to change. Mom and Dad, it's time to move from constant correction to encouraging independent thought. Demanding statements will no longer deliver healthy results. Instead, your goal should be to train your kids to think for themselves, to act with discernment, and to navigate through a crazy world. As your interaction style grows, you might be surprised that your relationship with your team will grow as well. Want to hear Mark in person? For a list of upcoming events, go to parentingtodaysteens.org. You can find him on Twitter at Hunter Baker. Hunter, we have to lead off with today's signature question. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, if the dressing counts as a side, it has to be That counts dressing. as a side. All right. So yeah, let me. Well, it um, has to be. I, so listeners have participated in this this morning, and so I need to read a little bit of a list of the people who have texted in. Um, this line is still open. If you want to text in your favorite side dish for Thanksgiving, the number is 877-933-2484. Um, Kathy says green bean casserole. Um, let me give a little shout out to the person who said my favorite side dish is the green beans with the cream of mushroom and the um, crunchy onions on top, but I don't know the name. The name you're looking for is green bean casserole. Okay. Mary says strawberry pretzel salad. That's interesting. Kristen or Kirsten says sweet potatoes with cranberry sauce. We have another vote for sweet potatoes, but not with the marshmallows, says my friend from the 517 area code. Uh, Ted says mom's hot dish in whatever form your mom made it. Uh, Becky says, my mom's stuffing recipe, but my husband prefers his mom's recipe, so we make both. Justin says, mac and cheese, that is all. Barb is concerned that her answer is lame. She says, "My, uh, it's lame, but stovetop stuffing. Barb, it's not lame. There's a reason that it sells out at grocery stores across the country this time of year. Uh, let's see, Becky's got another vote for green bean casserole. And then this one, in my family, all the traditional sides. I personally love roasted veggies of any sort. We are trying roasted Brussels sprouts this year with pecans, bacon, and cranberries. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, there you go. And they continue to roll in. We'll read more of them later. But, you know, Hunter and I actually have a conversation planned. That's true. <laughs> Although I want to I want to say that the Baker family is actually having Thanksgiving in quarantine this year. Uh, but you're still going to have your sides, right? I mean, you're still well, going to eat. Will. Like the stuff, right? It's yeah. just, it's just that my it's just that my kids have COVID, and so what oh, we've been doing so is so my wife and I can't leave the house, and we have been putting their food outside the door to the basement, <laughs> and the kids just come out, grab their food, and go back in. Wow. Okay. Well, yes. so are you, you going to like do a Zoom call or something with them? Like, is there going to be Definitely. like some? Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. But you and your wife are well, and that is good. We are. Yes. Thank you. 
Um, so you can still make the Thanksgiving food. See, I was concerned there, like I might need to drive over and drop off Thanksgiving on your doorstep, but you're going to be able to still make it. So there you go. We can still make it. That's right. Kroger Oof. does deliver. Yes. <gasps> oh, yes. Kroger does deliver. Okay. Um, let's talk about things afoot in the political world. Um, I'm hoping that you saw this human rights campaign call for the disaccreditation of Christian educational institutions. It's a part of their sort of comprehensive uh, demands of the Biden administration. Uh, and this one in particular is of concern. Yeah, I mean, uh, ever since uh, gay marriage was made a constitutional right, um, and really before that, because you had a series of cases uh, dealing with, with homosexuality and, and, and civil rights, what you had was basically Christian orthodoxy and American law put on a collision course. Uh, so obviously this has never been a problem in American history previously, um, but it is now because uh, what is happening is is that sexual orientation uh, is basically becoming part of the civil rights law. And the problem for Christian colleges and schools is that typically they will have uh, they will have regulations regarding uh, who can be hired to teach at a Christian college or school, um, what kind of behavior is acceptable on campus, you know, a number of things like that. And uh, American law is at odds with that. And so uh, now typically you would look to First Amendment religious liberty to protect free exercise of religion. Uh, and so what's going on is that uh, the human rights campaign and surely other organizations with a similar viewpoint are basically trying to to make it impossible for Christian schools and colleges to operate if they're going to be faithful to Scripture. Uh, if you maintain the scriptural standard uh, and you could lose your accreditation, well, then who will want to go to your school? So it, it's basically an existential threat. And let's remind people what an existential threat is, because sometimes we use big words on here and people are saying they need to get the, the, the dictionary out. So remind us what an existential threat is. Uh, well, a, a threat to your very existence, right? I mean, it's you exactly know, what it sounds like, but sometimes people exactly are you know, a little afraid of it. Like. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, That's Deborah right. checking in with a vote for cranberry jello salad made with pecans, celery, pineapple, and raspberry jello. Shaney checking in with cranberry relish. Jennifer, mashed potatoes and gravy. I can't believe no one said this yet, yet said this yet. How could it possibly be Thanksgiving without mashed potatoes and gravy? Okay, totally agree with that. Lots of votes for stuffing and green bean casserole. So that seems to uh, be uh, be fan favorite out there. If you haven't yet planned your um, Thanksgiving Day menu, apparently people are expecting some green bean casserole. All right, we have to take a very brief break. When we come back, um, I'd love to talk with you, uh, Hunter, about the worldview that um, that we know that, uh, about the people who Biden is appointing to um, senior level positions in his administration. What do we know about the worldview of these individuals? That conversation up next with Dr. Hunter Baker. We'll be right back. All right, as the official transition begins between the Trump and Biden administrations, uh, President-elect Biden is standing up a new administration. He has begun making those announcements, and he uh, had a press conference yesterday 
uh, introducing several members of uh, of what will be his national security and foreign relations team. Um, Hunter, comment on any of them that you want to comment on. And what do we know about their worldview and why does that matter? Yeah, well, let me just kind of speak to it generally. Uh, foreign affairs is going to be a point, uh, potentially a fundamental difference between the Trump administration and a Biden administration. Um, with with Donald Trump, you had a really strong determination to confront China. Uh, he did that in a way that we haven't seen, um, gosh, in in probably uh, almost 30 years. And the reason he's doing that or the reason he was doing that or has been doing that is because there's a real sense that our trade with China has been benefiting us as consumers in the sense that we get cheap goods, uh, but that it has not been good for American workers. Uh, there's been certain hollowing out of the American economy from trade with China uh, and that we have uh, tolerated a lot of theft of intellectual property. So Donald Trump was confronting all of this. With Joe Biden, I think that uh, I think that you're looking at probably reversing course on that entirely. Um, if, say, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders had been nominated and elected, uh, they might have actually done things with China in a similar way that Donald Trump uh, would. But Joe Biden is probably going to represent the more uh, typical modern foreign policy we've had with China. Uh, I think that the people that he's appointing, you're, you're going to look at probably significantly reducing the tension with China and, and probably going back to business as usual. Um, I don't think that's going to be satisfying to – well, certainly half of the American populace who didn't appreciate <laughs> business as usual under the Obama administration. But also, I don't think it's going to be satisfying to the entire progressive wing of the Democrat Party that voted for uh, that voted for Biden with the expectation that he was going to do things radically differently. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's out there. There's no question that uh, that sort of the, the Bernie Sanders uh, and maybe you could even say AOC wing of the party uh, wants things done differently. But I don't think that's what you're going to get with a Biden administration. Uh, in my view, a Biden administration is uh, is to some extent a a placeholder. Right. Um, I really believe that what happened is that uh, is that it looked like somebody fairly strongly to the left had a good chance, whether that was Sanders or Warren, had a good chance of getting the nomination. And I really think that that Barack Obama and others in the Democratic Party intervened uh, to help Joe Biden get the nomination uh, and ultimately to win because they were afraid that if the Democratic Party was pulled too far left, they would be unable to uh, prevail against Donald Trump. So I think that this is going to be just kind of kind of re rehearsing the uh, the policy of the Obama administration again. I, I can't see it any other way. Okay, I have a headline in front of me also out. Um, this is a this is a court headline um, at, that both Texas and Louisiana um, can actually proceed with the ending of funding for Planned Parenthood. Um, this is pretty significant in terms of 
uh, jurisprudence in relationship to this one, uh, this one, what I'll call state right. Yeah, well, you know, I, I actually uh, used to be a, a lobbyist, a conservative lobbyist in the state of Georgia, back around the year two thousand, and uh, you know, sometimes we would be pursuing pro life aims. And one of the things that was strange, I remember uh, the pro-life, the the sorry, the Planned Parenthood lobbyist there. Almost anything you proposed uh, that would uh, go against the interests of Planned Parenthood, they would say was unconstitutional, uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, Planned Parenthood is not in the Constitution. Now, yes, they are by far the largest provider of abortion services, uh, but there are a lot of things that they do that uh, that they they get government funding for, that they do not need to be the recipient of it, uh, that there could be many other organizations, including health departments and things like that, that could do the things that they do in terms of uh, breast cancer screening, mammography, and a number of other services, uh, which I think relative to their abortion portfolio is, is quite small. Uh, so there's no reason that Planned Parenthood needs to be soaking up massive government funding, even though they represent it that way. And I'm very glad to see this decision. Uh, it would be great to see Planned Parenthood's influence rolled back. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, you have to indulge me. I have a few more um, listener contributions to the favorite side dish category um, because I want to highlight the person who said rolls. How are mom's rolls not on this list yet? Uh, will there be a bread item at the Baker Thanksgiving meal? And if so, what will the bread item be? It, there will be. Uh, now, it's not very ambitious, but I bet it's near and dear to many people's hearts, which is the Is it the fam- Hawaiian sweet roll thing? No, no. Okay. It's the Pillsbury Crescent Roll. Oh, the Pillsbury Crescent Roll. So the Pillsbury Crescent Roll will be making an appearance tomorrow at my house, but it will be in the form of the pigs in a blanket that are served as one of the appetizers several hours prior to the actual meal. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that in, in my in my family, I think we would probably accomplish that with a Hungry Jack biscuit, uh, the Hungry Jack biscuit with the little hot dog or sausage oh. hidden inside. OK. And then there's these there's now these Sister Schubert things that you can just buy in the grocery store in the freezer absolutely. section. OK. They have little sausages in them, too. Oh, those are absolutely you, delicious. Absolutely delicious. I, now, so many cheaper you know, versions of really good things now. Now, part of the reason that you have me on the show is to deal with controversial subjects. So I do want to say that <laughs> that that I am against the inclusion of nuts in any congealed salad of any kind. I'm kind of against congealed that, salad. So I go even well, further on on that. I I I really when people like ask, is there anything that you don't eat? My list is really short. If it's if it's pickled and it's not a pickle, I don't eat it. If it's yes. If it's pretty much like congealed of any variety and there's stuff in it, I don't eat it. Well, um, in my wife's family, there was this green congealed mm-mm, salad mm-mm. that was made with, made with mayonnaise and mm-hmm. which had nuts. And I was mm-hmm. just always mm-hmm. rigorously yeah. against eating it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get it. I get it. Now, we're going to have some people at us, which is fine. Um, controversy is okay. Just remember <laughs> what Pastor Daryl Crouch told us. Um, humility first. Humility first before you, yeah, <clears throat> criticize the taste. I, I view it this way. More for the rest of you. 
more for the rest of you. Okay, um, I need a little help on this one, and this might require, um, Hunter, since you and I are both uh, somewhat in the South. Um, there are people talking about something that I don't know even how to pronounce, let alone what it is. So if um, if Paul and Bryce could weigh in here, L-E-F-S-E. Is that that weird fish thing? It's a Norwegian thing. Yeah, they're not. They're not on. No, Somebody that's needs to weigh in. It's a what flatbread. It's a potato oh. flatbread. I feel good about potato it's... flatbread. Okay, hats off to the potato flat. There's a couple of you that have weighed in on that, and I have said I don't know what it is, so I can't read it on air because I don't know what it is. Okay, there's a couple of people out there saying that's the side dish. So there you go. And now we know it's a bread product in competition, probably with all of the other bread products that we are going to devour tomorrow. Hunter, we have to leave it right there. We're out of time. Sounds good. Thank you. Have it a happy Thanksgiving. It does sound good. Happy Thanksgiving and blessings on the recovery of your children. Thank you. Thanks, as always. Oh, and hey, for seeing my people when they came to Union. Hey, it was great. Thanks. It was a highlight of their day. Yeah, thanks. All right. We, uh, we got a little more up next. We'll be right back. We have a lot of people who like Lefsey. Lots and lots of people. Wow. Lots of people on the line right now informing me of all of its positive attributes, and they can't believe I haven't tried it and all of the ways in which they eat it. So, wow, thank you. Um, you can you can continue to text me. This is kind of fun. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Wouldn't be Thanksgiving without it. 877-933-2484. Let me just go ahead and say this. If our listeners had a potluck... It would be so good. It would be so good. We could have a Taste and See Tuesday and some sort of like virtual Mornings with Carmen potluck because you guys cook and it just all sounds delicious. So um, happy Thanksgiving. Look forward to sharing more of it with you. We have another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. I've got conversations planned with Bill English as well as... Let me turn the page. I should know who I'm talking to. Oh, Dan DeWitt. We're going to do the long weekend, weekend worldview reader for the long weekend that is yet ahead. All right. Keep texting me. 877-933-2484. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Wouldn't be Thanksgiving without this. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.